The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. To another edition of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. I'm Pierce, as I always am, and who's usually always with me is Caroline. How's it going? Hey. Hey. Are you doing well this fine rainy evening? Oh my god, I'm so excited, Pierce. Why are you so excited? The Who's are bowl eligible, and it was awesome. The Who's I can't even right now. Are ball eligible, and it was awesome. I'm sure anyone listening to this knows that they came back from a 15-point second-half deficit. Particularly ugly way to get into a deficit. Um, oh, my God. By, by giving up a big-ass running play and throwing a pick six. 78 yards. Thereafter. Those 35 are ways seconds. to start a close game in the second half that – that would make a lot of teams probably phone it in a little bit. And the Virginia Cavaliers certainly did not phone it in Uh, behind some apt deep throws, uh, sticking some with the running game and, you know, mixing things up and uh, some heroic, they always say heroic defense, uh, heroic effort, (laughs) which was a little bit hyperbolic, but certainly an amazing uh, display by the defense uh, the whole day on a rainy day. Scott's Tony team. Bennett would be proud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Kurt, Ben Kurt had some down games and came back and, and was dropping the ball right where he needed to, to be. Uh, I know they talked a little um, in the post game about how he came out in the second half, particularly looking to lighten the touch a little bit. And maybe you saw some yeah. of that um, compared to the drops you saw in the first half. The receivers yeah. also said they ditched all their gloves in the second half. And, and that uh, may have helped them as well. Regardless, there were uh, three long touchdowns, right, in the second half on on throws. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just awesome things to see. Uh, they, <laughs> we've talked earlier before when, when they were happening in the Boise game. It was like, man, we haven't seen that happen for UVA in a long time. <laughs> like, like nice, deep fade routes uh, coming down as touchdowns. So just an exciting Awesome game that I predicted the result of <laughs> last week on the podcast in response to your pessimism. pessimism. Uh, so thank you for that. I know. I think it was more, yeah, it was a retaliatory choice though, wasn't it? Nonetheless, that's what I put uh, <laughs> my verbal uh, support or prediction under. And it worked well, out. I would also like to point out that I have – correctly predicted the season record and the time in which they became bowl eligible in our preseason podcast. Mm -hmm. I said on November 4th with a win over Georgia tech, 
they would win their sixth game and go to six and three and be bowl eligible for the first time since 2011. I maybe swap some wins losses here and there. Just two. <laughs> I thought they'd win all the home games and lose on the road. And they managed to swing some of those with Boise and the um, UNC. Very but impressive. yeah, so the, I just, oh, this game is like the definition of can't even for me because there were so many frustrating things in the first half where it was like some of the, like you mentioned, the drops, whatever. So this game had it all. Like you look back and you just kind of, I think Ferber put together a list on Twitter that was like, here are all the crazy things that happened. You've got a rainstorm or like rain yeah. throughout the game. You've got a pick six. You've got interceptions. You've got drop passes. You've got a safety. You've got two two-point conversions. You have touchdown passes over 30 yards. You've got punts over 60 yards. You've mm-hmm. got an extra point that – ricochets off of both uprights before falling through which yeah. put the winning team up by four points instead of the oh so catchable with a field goal three points mm-hmm. um so just was a little bit of everything oh kick return for a touchdown joe reed finally mm-hmm. got um broke free after so many weeks of it being so close so it was just a little bit of everything and you're so 100 percent right and i'm not faulting the folks on twitter for a little bit of a freak out Debbie Downer moment in the second half, 35 seconds in when you fall behind 15 points where 35 seconds before that it was one point. Um, but to their credit, and I think this is the case throughout the entire season and really since Bronco got here, they did not give up at any point. And that was evident when they came back and scored right away on the next possession. And then interception by Quinn Blanding going down the field, put together a smart, concise drive, another nice pass to Donnie Dowling who caught that ball through interference, pass interference. The guy was like hanging on like a cape and there's just so much to take away and so much to like from this game. Uh, It was the most stressful thing I've ever watched. (laughs) Uh, You can ask either of the dogs that were in my apartment at the time of watching Uh, A lot of swear words, a lot of celebrations. (laughs) And speak to the margin Um, of error is always, always going to be pretty small for this team, at least this season. And they made their mistakes (laughs) and and had some not go their way, uh, but did enough in the end to to really shock uh, a lot of people. And uh, I'm sure some Georgia Tech staff members included. I, you know what? What's the difference between that Virginia team Saturday and the one that just got their butts kicked by lesser teams than Georgia Tech for sure the previous two weeks? Um, I think part of it, and I think Coach Mendenhall addresses a little bit after the game, but part of it was just kind of they seemed freer. Like the attitude was just more mm-hmm. like the 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 sidelines returned to a bunch of guys who looked like they were having fun. The sidelines looked more like the sidelines at Boise state than the sidelines against Boston college. Um, I've got some like sweet allergies going right now. Um, But what I mean by that is like coach Menhall said that they actually addressed the bowl game thing. Whereas previously, like they want to treat every game like it's just another game. There's Mm -hmm. nothing. You just go out there and play. I think after the two last two weeks, um, much like the fans are doing, I'm sure the, the players are doing the same thing where it's like, should we be worried? Can we do this? Is this going to happen? Like, are we going to make a bowl game after going five and one? And Coach Mendenhall said he was like, I decided to address it and talk about it with the players 
Um, not that it was anything that I don't blame them for not wanting to talk about. It. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of yeah. how do you deal with a situation like that? It's and, pretty normal coach behavior to ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he made a really good point, too, where it's like after the game, letting them celebrate. Because as he said, he's like, it's not business. As, like, you want to be able to like, oh, it's business as usual. We won another game. It's six wins. But he's like, but it's not business as usual because Virginia yeah. doesn't do this. And if they had, then I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't need me to fix your program, which is <laughs> so true. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's super accurate. And if they beat Tech, I'm first in line to start putting down money for the statue of Bronco out front of the, the Scott Stadium. No, um, That is a big if. I just think but, it's, yeah, we can talk yeah. about that down the road. Yeah, we can get to talk about that later. But I'm saying, like, I, I am – I'm just so many levels of happy. I will call yeah. myself out. I am not even kidding. I cried a little. And so it was the same, <laughs> not the same level or intensity as like after Virginia won the ACC tournament in basketball in 2014, yeah. I did all the post game stuff. Everything was good to go. I mean, I was on the court, like a little humble brag, whatever on the court as confetti falls as Joe Harris is like, standing on the little platform and like whatever and I've got all these great videos and I saved some of the confetti like that was and I was fine I did all the post game took pictures talked to the coaches took video whatever I got back to the hotel in Greensboro and I called my mom to like <laughs> tell her or like talk about it she'd watched it but like yeah. talk about it. and I got really emotional like I was like oh my god yeah. they did it and there was a little bit of that not again not to that level and again i know how stupid and cheesy this sounds like it's a bunch yeah. of 18 <laughs> to 22 year olds playing a game of football sure. in random november but the thing that was so exciting and i don't even give a shit if people will make fun of me for this or if tech fans want to be like look at virginia for rushing the field after getting a sixth win like making a bowl i don't care celebrate yeah. the hell out of it guys any because realistic those, those are guys a hokey fan would, would yeah. understand that i'm yeah that's like to see the smile on andre lavroni's face who's a fifth year senior who's been there <laughs> five years and they haven't made a bowl game micah kaiser um or the young guys who are putting their heart you know they decide to they make a decision to come to a struggling program to try oh, yeah. and win some games and put virginia on the map like these guys are now like this sets a tone. Like this is a new, it's like, it was just, I was really excited for the fans. I love that it was in the pouring rain in Charlottesville. I wish more than anything I could have been there, but yeah, I got to work. It's fine. Um, but it's cool that it was like the 15,000 fans that like stuck it out. Yeah, or probably the same 15,000 that ones. stuck it out over the last 10 years. For sure. So for them to be there and to be able to go in the field and like, I don't know. I just really enjoyed. Yeah. I just enjoyed. Well, it's a lie. I did not enjoy all of it. That is a huge <laughs> lie. <laughs> but as soon as, you know, and like I said, there's so many people to to call out as outstanding performers. Like how yeah. do you, Micah Kaiser had, Kaiser had 18 tackles. Yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> and we called him out on the podcast uh, for his performance in those lesser games and <laughs> those losses. So yeah, I'm not saying we cause his uh, <laughs> his yeah. uh, better play, but obviously it was something that we saw needed to be addressed, and he stepped up. Uh, whether Andrew Brown was fantastic, coaches, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, some true freshmen that we hadn't seen much of uh, who were fantastic, particularly Mandy Alonzo on the D line. Oh, good. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of awesome performances. But you're right; it totally. 
it, it hopefully validates the decision for Micah and for Quinn to stay yeah. uh, another year. I, I think um, in the end, you're going to see that it, it, it definitely validated it for both of them uh, in their draft position uh, at the end of this season. But it's such a weight off of everyone involved, even Bronco, who shouldn't have yeah. you know, expectations of the. I know we talked about what would be a successful season. A lot of people said bowl game. That doesn't mean that it needed to be the expectation for Bronco in his second year sure. to make it to a bowl right. program. Um, and but even without that mandatory expectation, it's got to be a huge lift. Uh, after going five and one, because like we said, uh, you know, the choke job articles, the cynicism yeah. from fans yeah. uh, opposing or, <laughs> or UVA, they're, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it adds so much. Uh, and, and in addition to that extra practice, which is, seems to be everyone's Yay! favorite thing to know about bowl games. Oh, well, it's like, it's, it's the classic, like, well, you know, they also get that extra practice. It's like, know, yeah, right? we all uh-huh. read the we'll, message. We'll, we'll <laughs> like, like we all know that nowadays guy. Uh, yeah. Because you know. <laughs> Bronco is also like really clearly very emotionally invested, which obviously you would hope and assume would be the case, but it has yeah. been a year and a half. Like, yeah. It was very cool to see him that I don't know. I I really really like this coaching staff from what I've seen. And I know again, I know it's early and I know it's like maybe it's just the six wins go straight to my head, but like <laughs> the way that they've handled everything and even the coach speak that's still going on, like they're not done. Like I'm really curious to see how stuff goes on Saturday against Louisville because I'm, I'm curious to see how they come out in the game. I think it'll. I don't think there'll be a hangover, is what I'm. I guess what I'm saying. Right. Like, right. There could be some sort of thing where you rest, not rest. I don't start to like rest on their laurels, or they don't seem satisfied with yeah. just six wins, which is cool to see. Like, and obviously you don't expect them to say like six wins, we're good, like whatever. Right. But um, they can play well and and lose by 20 points. You know, Louisville has that type of potential for sure. So I don't think. Yeah. Or we could play them very close and they get lucky at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or we could, you know, play them well and win. You know, I, I think a lot of, yeah, I think that we are going to give them a run for their money. I, well, yeah, I mean, we, let's talk about the Louisville game. The the spread uh, has been moving. So I think some people have some faith in the who's the spread started at like 11 10 and a half mm-hmm. 11 um which is you know pretty sizable uh, actually i think it started at nine i think it's getting bigger oh okay well uh, moving the other way which is gotcha. weird because even the like louisville fans are like wait what <laughs> you're favoring us by how much um, yeah i think they're they're favored for good reason <laughs> you know, but they've yeah, under one reason under- and his initials are LJ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good reason. I'm not saying it's a bad reason. I'm yeah. saying it's a reason. <laughs> but UVA stepped up on the road um, in situations like this before. Um, you know, it's not out of the realm of the possibility that they, they get a W. No, absolutely not. They've played Louisville really well each season, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, the first year Virginia won. The second year at Louisville was close, if I remember correctly. Now I'm going to go look Love into this. Because they won the first year on that like muff punt late. Not us that muffed it. Yay! 
<laughs> um, Finally, <laughs> that was the one. That was the one in Charlottesville. <laughs> um, and I think that they were ranked at the time, or whatever, a big upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was that. When is Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> like making <laughs> up stuff now? Um, let's see. Twenty-three, twenty-one was the final in that one, uh, and they were number twenty-one. First victory over against a ranked team since 2011. Let's just yeah. do all sorts of 2011. Things. No, you're right. Um, the the last then, time they played on the road, they lost by seven uh, in 2015. Okay. And then obviously lost okay. last year uh, by seven as well. So it's all been one score games. It's been three years of, of the faux rivalry there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they beat the spread, then that means it was a one score game this weekend yeah, uh, exactly. or potentially a UVA win. Maybe UVA will blow them out of the water. Who knows? Um, Who probably, knows? Yeah. I mean, if, if Ben Kurt's playing like he was doing this Saturday, they can, they can put up a lot of points against Louisville uh, who hasn't shown much of a um, tendency to stop teams from putting up too many points <laughs> this year. Yeah. So. Their defense is giving up almost 31 points a game. Right. Um, and are allowing 410 yards per game, mm-hmm. which is a lot. But they're also, like, put on their offensive side, putting up 549 yards. So yeah. that's a lot. They still um, have Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yes, he's still a person who's there. Mm-hmm. I, I saw an interesting – I wish I was looking for where I could find the stat again, but um, of – I don't know if it was just ACC – I wish I could find this thing. Um, but Kurt Benkert's numbers in the league over with passes over 20 yards, I think it is. Oh, here it is. I found it. Um, so in the ACC, he has – he's only – they're only completing for 30% of the time, which is not great. Um, on throws, 15-plus yards downfield, he has 11 touchdowns and one interception. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, and that the the eleven touchdowns is the best in the conference. Gotcha. Um, Lamar Jackson has nine. A few guys have nine. Um, and his passing efficiency is one fifty eight point seven. Gotcha. On fifteen plus downfield, so they're getting like if that stuff connects, that's the biggest thing that we saw in some of those losses. Like because those balls weren't connecting, especially yeah. like Indiana or whatever. Like then that just closes off that part of the game and yeah. they're able just to kind of shut you down. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, every single time that the highlights from the Georgia Tech game have come across my screen, whether it's like someone retweets it or they Virginia did the like, oh, here's Dave Kane and Andre Laveroni talking about the highlights. I was like watching, watch, mm-hmm. click, we'll click every single time. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe some of those plays still. Like there, <laughs> <laughs> um, the punt by Lester Coleman that like stopped on its own on the three yard line before the safety. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How does that even happen? Uh, soggy <laughs> grass. I don't like know. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a he's a good punter. He yeah, might not be the um, best punter in the nation, Caroline, as we learned on yeah. Twitter. But, but he's definitely. Can we not, why does Alabama need a good punter? Like, if I'm a good punter, I'm not. Well, I mean, sure, sense, I want to win a right? national championship. Yeah, if you're like the t- most talented punter uh, coming out of high school, 
every school is going to be like, yeah, sure, come. Well, let's see, which which one will I have the best experience <laughs> at? I think Alabama is going to be pretty pretty close. Yeah, but you never get to punt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I was going to say, like, you should go to, like, a pretty bad team, right? Because, like, we should no. be out there showcasing your skills. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather punt just, like, once or twice a game and know that you still have the chance to play at the next level because you are that good at punting? It's not like you needed that much, like, live game experience. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess <laughs> punting could true. be stressful. Anyway, I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe if I could punt, like, twice in a game and then, yeah. like – that's it, and, and then, then they give me a the national championship ring. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, this is the best deal ever. I guess that's fair. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, Lester was fantastic. When I saw that his average was like 48 yards or something like that, 43 yards, I was like, really? But I guess it makes sense because wherever you're kicking from you know, the various points in the field and whatever sure. else. Um, I would like to say I, I've been very impressed with, uh, well, I don't know how to say his name. I say it different every time, but AJ Mejia. We can just call him yeah. the kicker. <laughs> I've been very impressed with the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he a... does trick shots to try oh and like, keep it spicy. <laughs> Shout out to the Virginia football Snapchat person, whoever, oh, yeah. whatever intern or student that is, because they caught that on Snapchat. I wish nice. I knew how to save videos on Snapchat that aren't mine. But the sound it made was like, ba-dum, ba-dum, <laughs> and then went through. Um, and the commentators watching it were pretty funny. He's like, we have to go back and look at that. Like, <laughs> and they showed it, and I almost died a little bit um, thinking about what, ha- what would have happened if it didn't go through. Um, but, yes, in a, in a situation where, like, last year, I mean, look at the UConn game. Like, they wouldn't even punt – or they tried to get it on their last minute. Sorry, I always use those as examples. It's not mm-hmm. the best example. But to go from, like – oh, this would be a 27-yarder, and we're not even going to attempt it, to he kicked three field goals, three for three, mm-hmm. and three for three on extra points. Like, that's a, huge, that's a huge thing in the game. So next step is to hit a game winner. Ooh, ooh. Maybe he'll do that this week Maybe. <laughs> when, uh, the pressure, when the pressure's on. We should talk a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you watched it, the Miami-Virginia Tech game, as I yeah. imagine it'll be a point of conversation for Wahoo fans because both of those teams uh, not only are in the Coastal with UVA, but also remaining on UVA's schedule uh, after Louisville this weekend. Miami, of course, won that game. Virginia Tech, of course, spent a lot of time giving Miami reason to celebrate its turnover chain. Tech fans were blaming the refs for blah, 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 or something. So who knows what the officiating was like. But it doesn't matter. Miami soundly defeated them statistically yeah. via score and winning. So Miami is the favorite <laughs> to win the division. UVA, in fact, is the only team that can keep them from winning the division. <laughs> Yeah, Which is can you go, imagine the yeah. meltdown? Can, can, uh, can you imagine the meltdown among the University of Virginia fan base? Like the, 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 if they just <laughs> went out and had him one out. I mean, what would like? <laughs> you'd be like, no, 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 none of this is real. So clearly, I'm still listening. People would be having breakdown <laughs> uh, from from disbelief. But anyway, I think you know you look at those two games and wonder who looks beatable i think particularly uva fans want to know does tech look beatable and they definitely do uh because yeah. jackson their qb has just had sort of a rough go of it 
recently, but particularly that game. However, the, Miami's defense is absurd. I mean, the UVA just needs to show up and just try and not get hurt. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously you try, yeah. try and win the game, and that's why they play the games. There's always a chance they could win. I don't think Miami <laughs> are world beaters or anything like that and can make their own mistakes, but their defense is nasty. And I, you know, I saw something after the game. They, the tech coaches or someone said, we knew what defense Miami was calling. They were keeping it real simple, and it was very easy to determine yeah. what defense they were doing, and it didn't matter. Yeah, so it's fun thing. <laughs> it didn't matter yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> The only reason That's I saw that nuts. pop up is because some like Miami fans were like, "Did he just say he knew what we were calling?" Right, and I was like, right. "I don't think he meant it like that." Like, yeah, it, it, I don't think he meant he had. It was not like wakey leaks here. Like, right. although Virginia Tech was the team that did get the info, however, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. So, just for those listening, if you're not aware, how Virginia is still up there for the coastal, if Miami. Sorry, Virginia wins out, which would include a win over Miami. Mm-hmm. And Miami also loses to Pitt. Then we would end up in a tie with Miami at the top of the division. Mm-hmm. And also maybe Virginia Tech in there, if, even if Virginia Tech wins out. So if we went out, obviously, then we'd hold tiebreakers over Miami and Virginia Tech. Right. Um, so we would be de facto... <laughs> it's still so funny. Sorry, I can't even say it. That's just like out now. Yeah, awesome no, I mean, like, we'd be yeah. winners because yeah, like, we, we, yeah. <laughs> That's a fun hypothetical to talk about. For oh my God, it's awesome. Zero more seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it, I guess now I'm like telling myself, like, well, it's possible. <laughs> um, because, like you said, I think each team has at times definitely looked beatable. I mean, obviously they are beatable. They've lost games. Well, Miami hasn't, but. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see what'll happen. Like Peck really struggled. Um, I think with it's Miami. And- it's just interesting to see Miami look this good. Uh, I think we all said at the beginning, at least I, you know, I said that that more people than not were picking them to be the coastal favorites at the beginning of the year. So yeah, there was that's some ex- who I picked. expected improvement, but I think there was expectations were lower on the Hokies without a quarterback. Um, and certainly Duke and UNC have underperformed or, you know, UNC has been sure. by injuries or whatnot. So it sort of made sense that, that Miami would, would be um, probably winning the coastal at this point, but they, no one picked them to be a top 10 team yeah. in the country and undefeated undefeated in november schedule but still you know like being undefeated by this point in in a major conference no matter who you played is still means you're a pretty darn good team yeah Uh, absolutely you know i know they i mean even clemson has a loss exactly right so you know mark richt has really uh again back to the defense got them playing lights out down there in core gables you know they've never played in an acc championship game is that I know, right? Surprising. <laughs> Which would why it would be even funnier if we <laughs> did them out of it <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, we could talk about but that. Let's after talk about the something <laughs> that will happen. What's that? Which is Virginia going to a bowl. Woo! So what? So what we're looking at, and I, I know uh, the esteemed Matt Trogden put together something on streakingthelawn.com that you should check out, <laughs> um, which is you know kind of a okay, what happens now type thing. Um, well, what happens now is, so for those worrying out there, the chance, Virginia is going to make a bowl game. Like, 
I just let's put that out there. Mm-hmm. There are a couple people that have been like, oh, doesn't doesn't you know, they have to be just selected by someone. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they're they're going to a, a power five school with six wins, especially one that hasn't been to a bowl game in a while that has fans that want to go to a bowl game. They're going to get picked up. Yeah. Uh, I have zero percent fear that Virginia is not going to get a bowl game because one, there are just so many spots and they're looking, probably they're going to have to take some five and seven teams again this year. So first and foremost, Virginia is going to a bowl. So I feel very comfortable saying we're going bowling. You've made that Um, from there. Yeah. (laughs) It's very curious to see what happens going forward. Cause if Virginia continues to win, then obviously they will move up that pecking order um, into more comfortably into the tier one schools right now they're being we're going to the the lower Orange tier one. We're, we're going streaking um <laughs> i selfishly would love for them to go to the military bowl here in annapolis or close to dc um one because it's an awesome bowl and i interned there and they're the coolest and i love them hi guys um and it's local and annapolis is fun and there's a lot of fans that can travel and it benefits the usl all those good things um, but there's also some really cool options when it comes to the Belt Bowl, which would be neat, in Charlotte. Uh, there's the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. A lot of people are in the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Woo! which is very far down. El Paso. Someone's like, hey, beggars, beggars can't be choosers. It's like, I'm like it's pretty. So we're not begging anymore. We get to choose. I mean, um, in no them. way, shape, or form am I going if it's in El Paso. Yeah, that's my I'm thing. poor. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I imagine it takes more money to get there than me driving to Charlotte. Um, yeah, or driving to Annapolis. I don't care if they go. I mean, York. you know, I, I don't care if they go to the El Paso Bowl. I, mean, I don't care either. I'm like, I just would really like to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go if it was out. I don't think I could make it. I think it's a better way to put it. Right. But yeah, at, I at mean, the there's a lot least, of options. It's not like a, a slight. Like the Sun Bowl is not a terrible bowl, you know. For the no, not at all. Sun Bowl, yeah. I love you. You're wonderful people. Yeah. Um, so it's only for because our, there's a lot of transportation reasons. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things left to happen. Obviously, there's still three weeks yep. left in the season, um, and it could go. You know, the worst case scenario is Virginia loses out. Um, and then most likely I could see them ending up in um, in a tier two also problem, like being in the range for a military bowl bid type thing, or they win a big one. And I don't know. There's so many things that could happen. You can't even, I mean, technically they could win out and end up in like, a pretty high bowl. They could go to the championship game, and then you know what? What does that do to them? Well, if, yeah, if they well, win they that, the then, then they go to the Orange Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Virginia for the college football um, playoff. <laughs> Kurt Becker, three lost team in America, <laughs> from no name to Heisman winning national champion. That'll be amazing. Watch out, Saquon. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. It's fun to keep an eye on, and honestly, like normally this time of year with basketball season starting by the time this comes out, probably today. Hey, happy basketball season, everyone. Um, like, that's all we'd want to talk about. We'd be talking about who is starting for Greensboro and, you know, going back and forth again over who we think is going to be the starting five for Virginia. Is Ty, Ty Jerome healthy enough? Are they going to let him sit a couple games to rest his ankle or whatever's foot? 
But here we are talking about what bowl game we're going to because Virginia is bowl eligible and it's the greatest. So it's really fun. I'm going to tell you, winning is way more fun. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> and all the content. Look at that. There's so much stuff to write about. Micah uh-huh. Kaiser has been on the watch list or a finalist for like 8 million awards, which is so awesome and so well-deserved. Like he's up for the inaugural Jason Witten football man of the year. Uh I've lost track of all of the awesomeness. So it's fun. It's all of the awards he's up for. Yeah. Those are so many Um, academic Heisman last week, our football teams, Malcolm Brogdon. Exactly. But, um, let us, who's been playing well, Malcolm. let us talk about Friday night, this upcoming Friday oh, okay. night. Let's talk about, let's talk about Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. The bouncy ball. Yay. My favorite <laughs> of sports is back. <laughs> I'll be there at the JPJ for the oh, opener. All right. And the Who's are going to open their season against UNC Greensboro. I should probably yes, look that is a, but Yeah. It is, it is, in fact, UNC Greensboro. And um, I'm just so excited. The basketball season is about to start. I know we've talked a lot about it on these uh, podcasts coming up to it, and you've seen a lot of who's going to be uh, a major impactful player, who steps up in scoring, who might be surprised, what to expect from the freshman, yada, yada, yada. Now it's just here. Now we get to see it and, and go, yes, yeah. it, that looks good, or he doesn't look like I thought he'd look, or whatever. So, uh or, wow, Caroline's right, Jack Saul is the best player in America. Yeah, Jack Saul developed a mid-range jumper, <laughs> jumper in, in, in the lane and it's just <laughs> scoring 30 points a game. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I did read a funny thing today. With, they interviewed Mike Curtis over on Rivals, I think, and uh, they were just he just said something along the lines of, and plus – Jay Huff has to, you know, spend another year just getting beat up by Jack Salt every day. <laughs> so that's kind of it's kind of benefit him somehow. And I'd like viscerally yeah. had her, right? like like a, oh god, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, that would do something. <laughs> I uh, at ACC Media Day, whatever last week or whatever it was, two weeks ago now. Um, it's been interesting talking to Coach Bennett and some of the players. So Jack and Isaiah and Devin are the team captains. And I guess Coach Bennett has made it more of a thing this year, like kind of emphasizing the, their leader, you know, um, giving them more power or that kind of thing. Like he's, he's just making it a little bit bigger of a deal this year. He's like, no, I'm not giving them like C's to wear on their cardigans, which made me laugh <laughs> so hard thinking of Jack Saul oh, walking God, on Browns and a cardigan. Get those. It would be the most Tony Bennett thing ever if they had little oh my God. cardigans. <laughs> oh, he was my like, God. you know, he's like, they're not walking on grounds and they're top siders with their cardigans with a big C on them. And in my mind, I immediately am like, why aren't they? This would be You're amazing. You're going to buy them all cardigans, uh, aren't you? That's <laughs> I mean, oh my god, it'd be so yeah, <laughs> that's an impermissible all. benefit. Yeah, are you like, yeah. those Nike? Nike, I don't know, can I make cardigans? That must be what has to happen. I don't know, <laughs> it'd be amazing. I cannot get that image. That's such the best image. But I was talking to him about so Kyle Guy had mentioned that they each have their own distinct like leadership style, and as as people do, and as teammates do, and all that. But it's he said it's really funny that like how they've kind of fallen into their roles. and. Mm-hmm. Jack Salt's the guy you go to. And so I'm asking Coach Bennett a question specifically about this. And I was like, um, you know, and Kyle said that Jack is, and he's like, 
there to beat people up if he needs to. <laughs> I thought you go to him if you have it's a problem. Enforcer. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure he could just beat up anybody. <laughs> like, oh no, that's not what he meant. It's but yeah, like Jack nice. C. Yeah, he's like the helpful guy that'll like you go to him with your problems and he helps you out. Like the younger guys will go to him and he gets Devin's their cats the one you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't um, even Devin's need the, the one you don't want to disappoint. <laughs> yeah, and Isaiah's the one who'll kind of like yell at you. <laughs> but in like a fun like come on man like that kind of way so it's just I'm really excited these guys just seem like a good group who who are your starting five like who do you think will take the court on Friday who, who, see but it's two different things between who do I think will and who would I put as a starting five and again like we said last week the starting five isn't usually the most minutes sure. uh, for this team uh, guy, obviously, uh, and and then I struggle with the wings because you've got Wilkins, obviously, so that's two right there. You Wilkins mm-hmm. isn't going to be the center, so you're you're saying either Salt or Diakite. I know he's going to play Salt. Obviously, I want to see Diakite get as many minutes as possible. Um, but regardless, it's going to be one of those two. Salt so hater. hater. I don't hate oh. Salt. Diakite is just. Uh, uh, should be a superior player once he plays to his potential. Oh yeah, you can't disagree with that. Without Jack in there, if, if, I can disagree with that. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. If 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 Diakite <laughs> is playing to where we want him to be, he that's going to be a better player than Jack Salt. Correct. I'm just. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're two different players. Like. I mean, can yeah, Diakite set screens the way that Jack does? No. Will the offense run the same? Can, like, can he set screens the way that Jack does? That's the biggest thing for the center to do. <laughs> Have I, you seen his screens? Okay, I, the, the benefit of Jack Salt's <laughs> screen settings. Screen settings, resolution. <laughs> the benefit, <laughs> however much better Jack Salt is over Diakite at setting screens. Let's say, let's say Diakite never gets to uh, above a seven out of ten on setting screens, and you're, and you're saying Salt's a ten out of ten, right? He's an eleven. Turn that up to eleven. That's not feasible in in the actual logic that I'm laying out here, Carolyn. Whatever the yeah, difference yeah, right. is between the two, between Diakite's ceiling and Jack Salt's production of setting screens, that difference is so meaningless to the potential in defense and scoring that Diakite brings to the position. And I, this, again, this is all on potential. I'm just super optimistic on his potential. So if it's not there and he's yeah, oh, not doing I, it, I'm mostly then fair enough. It, but I do think that because I think one salt is actually very underrated as a defender um, because Diakite is more of the flashy defender where he'll get a block and not that I'm, there's no problem with that. So I'm obviously have a year <laughs> of watching him. Um, in the pack line, that's difficult, and he's put on a lot of muscle and a lot of weight. But um, I think that he's in not only – I'm going away from the DKT fault comparison in this situation, but I just get really frustrating, frustrated, which is why I stand so hard for Jack. <laughs> it's because, like, I just sit there and I'm like, why does everyone – like, people in the comment sections are just like, no, no, hey, soon he won't even have to be on the court. And I'm like, that's hey, not Jack, a good thing for the team. The frustrations come from, you, you know, when he picks up two quick fouls back-to-back 
or when That's he misses because he looks like Ivan Drago, not his or, fault. Or when he misses <laughs> a bunny or or attempts a uh, uh, underhand, you know, reverse yeah, layup. Those aren't great. There are those moments that are obviously very frustrating. But I, I don't think most UVA fans are ones listening to this are rooting against the guy or, or who knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm curious obviously, they want him to do well because it means the team's going to do well. But uh, let me finish yeah. my, t- my starting five. <laughs> so if I'm starting Diakite, <laughs> even though I know Tony's going to start Salt, that leaves two spaces with Wilkins and Guy. And it's a really tough call for me because Hall's a senior. Hall has scoring ability. Hall does well in defense, has everything you want, really, other than maybe the he, – he's not going to, like, blow by a guy uh, to get in the lane, like that slashing type that, that we know we need. Where Nigel Johnson does have that ability to get by a guy uh, and is known to – you know, we haven't seen it yet uh, for UVA, but is known to be – that type of lockdown defender be the quick on the court too. So similar-ish skills somewhat, assuming Johnson shoots as well as people are saying he's, he's built a shot up because uh, Hall certainly shoots the ball well. Um, and then Ty Jerome's Ty Jerome. I mean, it, he brings a, a swagger to the team. He brings a scoring ability. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't have quite that – shifty speed to him but I think he does take his guy off the ball into the lane and we saw that uh, a handful of times in the tournament towards the end of the season so there's sort of an amalgamation between those three of different skills that we want uh, in addition to to Kyle being out there and I think it's game by game if you're playing against UNC and Joel Berry's on the floor I think you got to put Nigel Johnson on him um, you know, in that case, you're starting it, right? Well, then who do you sit, Hall or Jerome? Like, that's, that's you know, it sounds insane to sit either of them. Yeah. So it's it's a good problem to have, but I think it's got to be situational. Right now, I would go, we'll sit Johnson and have him come in and spell whichever guard needs spelling right away. You know, he's going to come in right yeah. away. Uh, like Kyle has my, when he hasn't been starting. My five that I think – I'll put my one caveat with it based on the full health of Ty, whether it's foot or whatever's healthy, but I think it's going to be the ones that I think are guaranteed to start are Jack, Devin, and Isaiah. Those are my three that I think will always be. You got to have and, you got, I know what you mean. Like it's it all, really not yeah. a guarantee, but it's, I it, do too, because seeing him shoot and start. I think that he's, he's, he's in there for me. And then it comes down to, I think Ty will be the usual starter with Johnson coming first off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, Johnson might start Friday because of there's no reason to rush Ty back for no offense. You uh, Greensboro. No, that's a good point. Like, uh, yeah. No, that's so good... I think, I think Friday night it will be those five. So mm-hmm. Devin, Jack, Isaiah, um, Nigel and Kyle. Um, unless I said two names the same, but whatever. Um, and then going forward, like at VCU, I think Devin Hall. I don't know, maybe break some press. Okay, so why don't we finish things up for the basketball season? We're not doing a whole basketball preview podcast. Let's do a real quick, just gut reaction to the schedule. Predict some wins and losses for me. You think you can handle that? You yeah. To, so like overall, pick. Or- no, no, we're gonna go game by game. You have to pick at least two losses. Okay. You promise? Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, UNC Greensboro at home. Win. All right. Austin P at home. Win. 
VCU on the road? Win, but close. <laughs> okay. Monmouth. Home. Win. All right. Vanderbilt in New York. Win. Okay. Seton Hall or Rhode Island in New York? Uh, Seton Hall, definite win. Rhode Island would be closer, but win. All right. Wisconsin in Charlottesville. Oh, this one is one of my... uh... God, I can't unsee the last. We owe them. We owe them. They they made an atrocity of a game last time they played here. They're just they they lost a bunch of guys. I'm gonna go win. All right, Lehigh in Charlottesville. Win. West Virginia in Morgantown. Lost. All right, Davidson in Charlottesville. Win. Savannah State home. That's win. (laughs) Yeah, Hampton home. Win. Boston College home. Win. Hokies in Blacksburg. Boo loss. Boo loss. Ooh, all right. North Carolina at home. Win. All right. Syracuse at home. Win. Okay. NC State at home. Win. Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Uh, that's a win. All right. Wake Forest on the road. This is one that I feel like could be tricky. It's going to be a lot closer. I'm going to go in. All right. No Darius Thompson here to bank in three pointers. <laughs> Clemson at home. Um, at home when they don't have Jerome Blossom game anymore. <laughs> All right. Duke on the road. Wow. All right. Louisville at home. Win. Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. <sighs> Win. <laughs> FSU <laughs> on the road. Lost. Virginia Tech at home. Win. Big. Miami on the road. Lost. All right. Georgia Tech at home. Win. Pitt on the road. Win. <laughs> Louisville on the road. That's going to be a loss. And finishing things up, Notre Dame in Charlottesville. Win. All right. So six losses, if I counted correctly. I was using my hands, but I may have spaced out. Uh, <laughs> I think we're at six, which sounds like a regular season that most UVA fans would be happy with. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. If they not, <laughs> they are crazy. Yeah, we'll say that right now. <laughs> There's a couple of those. The biggest ones in the non, the only ones that I think will be close in the non-conference are VCU, Wisconsin, potentially Rhode Island if they play them, mm-hmm. and West, West Virginia. Virginia for sure. Davidson in not the, quite the Davidson the, that they've always been. Yeah. <laughs> they were uh, when we were in no, college. <laughs> no, no stuff. Um, right. Yeah, and then the ACC. There's a few more that I think could be toss-ups, like depending on FSU is just one of those teams like where you're like. Holy shit, they're all so athletic and tall yeah. and interchangeable. Like when it comes to just like pure athleticism, they're all like six seven and rangy. Um <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think this team will be it'll be interesting. There's a couple more early in the season that I'm curious to see how the teams like gelling together, how they're playing, I think by late late stretch. All right. Well you heard, heard it here first. That's how the season's gonna go. 
Stay tuned to streakingthelawn.com for coverage of uh, the Who's game Friday night for basketball and, of course, the football team on the road, 3.30, I believe, in Louisville. Uh, we'll be you back soon know. to talk about both of those wins this weekend. Shout out to men's soccer making it to, uh, I believe, the semifinals of the ACC tournament yep. after winning and PKs. That game is Wednesday night um, in Charlottesville. Yeah, because Notre Dame beat North Carolina, so Virginia became the higher-seeded team. Thanks, Notre Dame. There we go. All right, uh, for Carolyn and myself and everybody else at Streak in the Line, go Hoos. the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.